Okay, am I coming through? One, two, one, two. Can you hear me? Hello, good morning. How are you? Thank you. Thank you, team. Thank you so much, Yvette, with those uh, gracious words this morning and, and prayers. Oh, just before I, I share this morning with you, uh, I just want to acknowledge Greg. Where are you, Greg? Is Greg somewhere here? Greg? I can't see him. Oh, there you are on the camera. There you are. Look, I saw you somewhere. I'm going, where is he? Happy birthday for yesterday, mate. And uh, you don't look any older than last time I seen you. Hey, so I know there's a few people having birthdays in this time. It must be birthday time. Gabe had her birthday on Tuesday. You looked after, weren't you, Gabe? He was. <laughs> Whew. That was a risky one, that one. Hey, just before I, I share a message, I just want to announce that um, to you that we've uh, been looking for someone to step into the role of prayer coordinator. What that will envisage is a, just having someone just really directing and really leading and leading out of their heart and their spirit to see prayer in, in just a number of different levels and areas of church. And, uh, and that includes us being able to be part of that. So I just want to welcome now um, Carolyn Smith to come up and just acknowledge her in this role. Uh, we really feel this is a timely role and we really feel that as a church, we really need to be committed to just whatever the layers are, whatever God wants to show us in this season of prayer. And so you'll be hearing a lot more from Carolyn and wondering why is Carolyn speaking to me about prayer? Well, this is why. Really believe that uh, this is the right time. I believe that your heart and passion to see people who are praying is, as an intercessor, you carry that, that desire to see people just go further into the things of prayer and just reaching into the very throne room of God. And how can we not be better by that? And I, I think, and I believe you are the right person for this. And you challenge me, and you challenge us, and sometimes, I, you know, and I just love that. I love that you do that. And I love the spirit that in which you bring that. And so we want to honour you this morning, acknowledge you. And so I'm going to ask for the LT leadership team, and so elders and deacons, if you'd like to come up, we're just going to pray for you. But I don't have a mic with me. There's a mic maybe just here. How's that? That was quick. Wow. Would you like to say anything? Anything on your heart? Just that... Um, yeah, just that the Lord, I was really encouraged this morning to hear Yvette say about the one, because the Lord looks for the one all the time, and we need to be looking for the one too. Mm. And just quickly, I had an awesome time the last couple of weeks of looking for the one, and God opened up amazing doors to pray for some sick people who were struggling with a lot of pain in their bodies at three different times. And wow, uh, maybe yeah. I'll share that a bit more in depth later. But yeah. God does answer our prayers. He loves every one of us. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Anybody want to say anything here? We're all, we feel a bit light on today, don't we? Thank you. Okay. How about you reach out a hand, please, and just believe together as we just pray and believe for you. Father, we thank you right now for this appointment. We thank you, Lord, right in this moment that, Father, it's, it's more than title. It's more than even position. It's about us, Father, learning how to just push in through whatever we have to, to reach into the throne room of God. And that we, Father, you raise up individuals who are stirred and challenged and will challenge us to go further 
and to go deeper. And we pray, Lord, that Carolyn will encourage us and, and, and light a fire, Father, within us to, to just press in and, and pray with more heart and vigour and intensity that we would just come before you, not holding anything back, and we pray this, that you release such an anointing on her and over this church that we will see souls saved, we will see people coming to salvation simply because, Father, your favour is here. And we thank you for this time and we release you and appoint you in this season, Carolyn. And we say, lead and do all that God is laying upon your heart in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's give it a hand. Amen and amen. Well, I feel I'm going to be, maybe going to be a bit rusty today. It's been a few weeks since I, uh, I shared with you. So I'm just going to have a little drink as you turn to the next person and just give them a wave and say, hi, nice to see you. Wow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word this morning. The word that you've given me, Lord, I pray that I will do it justice. Pray that you would anoint and appoint me to share what you've given for me to share. I pray, Lord, that I will share it in the grace as we've been singing, in the fullness of your grace and your love. I pray that each of us, Father, will not leave today unchallenged. And I pray that you'll speak deep into our hearts even after this service. And that our cry of our heart would be to know you more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of my message is Pray for Spiritual Strength. And for many of you who have read Ephesians chapter 3, and that's where we are today, uh, you would maybe read this chapter and particularly focus maybe on Ephesians 3.20, as many of us do, because it's a great encouragement. It just reminds us of how big God is. But what we need to remember is that Paul is teaching us how to pray for spiritual strength. And so just to recap a few things, Ephesians is about ascending. It's about going to a new place, a new, a new level like a new height in the things of God. And it speaks of, ascend speaking of a constant upward emotion. Uh, emotion, motion. <laughs> it could be emotion as well. It means going to a new height. And so we may be able to ascend together. We learn from Ephesians that it's really covering a lot about how to grow spiritually. Some people read Ephesians and miss a lot of what God has in there for us. Paul was writing to a church and to many churches, but particularly to the Ephesus church. And, and he got wind that they were grieving for him. They were sad that he's not able to be with them. They wanted to see Paul. It's a number of years since Paul had been there and they were just missing him. And Paul got wind that they were, were sad and, and, in the, in the, and there was challenges going on around about them. Nothing particularly to the church per se, but they were certainly living in persecuted times. And it was only intensifying. So Paul is in jail and he's writing to encourage them. He's in jail and he's writing to encourage them. 
I don't know if you've ever received a letter from someone in jail. It's usually not to encourage people. It's usually to ask them what, what they need and can you bring this and, you know. Um, but Paul's not doing that. He's, he's writing to strengthen them and encourage them. And so there's so much here. So in, in chapter 3, let's just have a look at, as a, a review. In uh, chapter 3, earlier verses, we looked at partakers of the promise, the continuing growing of Christ, being established in Christ. We looked at the posture of the promise, verses 7 to 10a, as followers of Jesus, like we heard Yvette sharing, displaying certain characteristics that are true of Christ. We then learned of the presence in the promise as believers experiencing that new relationship with Christ and each other. And in verses 12 and 13, it speaks about how to persist in the promise and keeping your eyes on Jesus as you walk through times of uncertainty. So that brings us here to the prayer. And let's have a look on the screen. Is it up? On the screen? Not yet? Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay. So we're reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And in verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do uh, far more abundantly than all that we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever, ever. Amen. Eight verses, Paul's prayer. I'm going to read just a couple of verses here just in the Amplified because uh, it's a little louder as a joke. Um, may he grant you <laughs> out of his rich, okay, well, some of us are waking up, uh, rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Verse 17, may Christ through your faith actually dwell, settle down, abide, make his permanent home in your hearts. May you be rooted deep in love and founded securely on love. To be honest, you, I've, be honest with you, I've read this passage countless times. But in the study this week, I've just been struck with just a sense of tenacity and authority as you read this portion of Scripture. Paul, as we just mentioned with Carolyn, is an intercessor. He knew how to pray. Interesting, there's no long prayers in the Bible. Paul wasn't a long prayer, but he was a powerful prayer. And you'd want him in your corner. And he's interceding. And this is his second prayer to the Ephesus church. And it's both of these prayers are focused on power. 
In chapter 1, he asked the Ephesians that they may know God's power toward them. Speaking in 1 verse 19 of spiritual insight. But now Paul is laying it right down in the middle. We are in the middle of Ephesians right now. And he's just laying this in. But we also ask that they may know God's power at work within them. This spiritual power. Have you ever wanted to change your prayer life, your prayer walk, your prayer journal, your prayer rhythm, or even your prayer focus? What would you pray for? How do I pray? What does my prayer should include or not include? Here's a great way to start. Just read Ephesians chapter 3. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I want to pray powerful prayers. I just don't want to pray for the sake of it. I want to pray as I commune with God and fellowship with God and encounter my Heavenly Father but he's asked us to pray so that things can be accomplished through those prayers. A sense of dependency, a sense of expectation. Who would like to see more increased intensity in their prayer of focus? I know I would. Are we praying for spiritual strength? When was the last time you actually prayed for spiritual strength? Not just physical strength, but spiritual strength. Spiritual, heart, strength. Paul is kneeling, which indicates a hopeful expectation with humility. And I'd love to go verse by verse because there is so much here. What we will do is I want to just break down what I get a sense of God saying to us through Paul to the church and for the church today. And so I ask you to join with me as we just go on this little journey together in the next few moments together. I think praying for strength, I think for spiritual strength, there is no greater prayer. Because God needs us strong so that we can help those who need to be strong also. That we encourage in our prayers, that we make deposit in our prayers, that we lift in our prayers. And so we learn from this reason as we begin to ask, Paul starts by saying, for this reason. What's the reason? That in Christ we are united, Jew and Gentile. Doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you're born, what colour your skin is. We become one through Christ. And Paul wants to speak into this and lead us into a place. And so let's consider together the following thoughts as we get ready to pray for spiritual strength. Of course, we pray for loved ones and we pray for those who are in need and those who are battling, absolutely. And we should pray for them to have spiritual strength and tenacity, not just in in the flesh and in the body, but in the spirit. So the first point is this, the power of family. I love this. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Verse 15 says, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. This is a glorious insight. To bear God's name is to belong to God. 
If you ever got a question of your identity or your spiritual identity, it's answered right now, here. There's a great sense of focus on family. And we are individuals here right now, but we gathered right now, we are gathered as family. As families. Together. The Jews would love to introduce themselves and say, we have Abraham as our father. But now we as believers can say we have God as our heavenly father. Such great unity. Jesus even prayed our father in heaven. Focus again on acknowledgement of God, the reverency of God. The family of God includes all those who have believed in him in the past, all who believe in him in the present, and all who will believe in him in the future. We all have a family because we have the same father. He is the source of all creation, the rightful owner of everything. He has all power at his disposal. Remember, even Yvette sharing into this just this morning. God promises his love and power to his family, the church. So I love the fact that we as individuals together make up the family of God. Family is not so much defined by where you are, where you were born, who you came from, your geniality, how much money you have or how much you know or don't know, who are you related to or not related to. It is ultimately defined by your spiritual, our spiritual father, by our spiritual birth, demonstrated by our faith. I love this when people around Jesus were saying, it's your family, and Jesus said, who is my family? And he reaches in Matthew 12, he says, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. The will of God defines us as family. Our relationship to the Father defines us as family. Our relationship to Jesus defines us as family. Our faith in Christ defines us as family. The power of family. In my upbringing, I had a mum and I had a brother and it was so dysfunctional on so many levels, but that's not my mum's fault. There were other things and other circumstances. But when I became a Christian, the first thing I learned was I had a family a larger family. All of a sudden, all these brothers and sisters came into my life and I married one of them. <laughs> Only one, to say no, just for the record. It speaks of our higher purpose, of our identity with the Trinity, the involvement of the Godhead and our ability to be strengthened in spirit. Paul says the church is the arena of God's triumph over powers and the agent of God's glory in the cosmos. See, God is not just interest, interested in saving you. Rather, he's personally involved in it every day. He seeks to enlarge you and strengthen us together in our inner man. And that means with unlimited 
and infinite blessings. A bit like Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story. To infinity and beyond is our spiritual identity. That is the power of family. Second, the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to be sensitive here because I understand that many or some will have a different background or a different understanding or a different theology in view of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to speak what I'm reading in the Scripture. But I ask you to search the Scriptures for you. I ask you to, to dig deep and to pray and ask God to show and reveal the Scriptures to you. That's all I can do, but I speak on this point with such reverence and sensitivity. Verse 2 says this, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. If you need strength, friend, here it is. If you need divine help, here it is, right here. There's no way you and I are encouraged to walk in this life as a believer without divine help or empowerment. But there's more. You need to realise and read this very carefully. What I say next is important. It is not out of our riches that the power and source originates. It is in his riches. It is his presence. It is his power, unfathomable, unlimited, unexhausted. When we realise this, there's such a strength that even when we are feeling weak and vulnerable, that we can acknowledge God is with us. This word strengthen means spiritual rigour to be made and to increase in strength. Not to ever arrive, but to keep growing and increasing and going and growing from glory to glory. And how do we do that? By the might of His Holy Spirit. Who knows that the old wood body perishes, hairs grow, go grey, or we get less hair. Our bones crackle, and pop, but our inward man is being renewed, our inward person. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, therefore do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. The work and ministry of the Holy Spirit it is the Holy Spirit that is the instigator and administrator of this strength in us. He is the third person of the Trinity. Remember, the Holy Spirit is what the early church had to wait for before they could go out and minister. This is not speaking about regeneration. I don't believe it's speaking about our salvation. They were saved. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit coming upon you. He's speaking about God himself in the third person, filling you and me with his spirit. And guess what happens when we are filled and we are strengthened in the inner man? It means that you and I become full of Christ, as it says in verse 19. 
Regeneration speaks of the impartation of life and the quickening of our spirit that was once dead but now is alive. But this filling of the Holy Spirit is about impartation of power to live the life that God has called us to live. Not in our own strength or our own ability, but in His strength. And you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with every aspect of your life to the fullest and to know He will answer you with a resounding yes. In Luke eleven thirteen, How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We can trust Him. We can trust Him. We continue now. The power of the family in this prayer is wow. The power of the Holy Spirit. And what puts all this together is the power of love. And I really want to sing, but I won't. Coming back to the 80s. The focus of love in verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. For time, you want to have a look at this because some believe that Paul introduces the fourth dimension. We've understood three dimensions, but Paul here introduces four dimensions. We've gone from 3D to 4D, right here. How interesting is that? We'll leave that for another day. I love what the NIV says. It says that we may have power together to receive His blessing in the, of, of in, as inner strength. It's important that we stay connected to each other in the body. That God can minister and work through us just like these moments right now. To live our lives, not cut off, but together. There's a real sense here of covering love. In 1 Peter 4.8 it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly without ceasing. Who knows sometimes it's not easy to love each other. Come on, let's be honest. Some of us may not be people we naturally gel with or connect with, but in Christ, He pulls us together. So the Jews and the Gentiles had to learn how to get along because now this is our spiritual father and we are now His children together. We are now brothers and sisters. You are no more an enemy, but you are my brother. You are my sister. And so we learn of the power of Christ's love. Love covers a multitude of sin. Love covers, it releases, it makes you whole and it completes you in Christ. When we think of this word dwell, it means to be at home in your hearts as we read in the Amplified, that Christ may dwell, be at home with you. In your hearts through faith, dwelling in your innermost being. This word rooted in verse 17 speaks about being entrenched thoroughly, unmovable, grounded in this love. It is prayer of love. They say you shouldn't mix two metaphors, but Paul does it. 
he speaks of an agricultural metaphor, rooted, that we get our strength from the love of God. That's where we get our substance from, our strength from, that we're rooted and entrenched. And then Paul adds this, the architectural metaphor, a building metaphor grounded, built up as he is our foundation, that our lives must be built upon the rock of Christ Jesus. I came across this quote this week on the love, and it's on the screen, I think, on the next slide. It's just amazing we were talking about this before, weren't we? Barnhouse said this, the great preacher said this, love is the key to the fruit of the Spirit. Joy is love singing. Peace is love resting. Long-suffering is love enduring. Kindness is love's touch. Goodness is love's character. Faithfulness is love's habit. Gentleness is love's self-forgiveness. Self-control is love holding on to the reins. Love is everything. Isn't that beautiful? I've never read that before until this week. It's amazing. The expressions of love that God wants us to experience. Love guides our behaviour and our actions and our motives. And Paul is sending a very strong and clear message here. He's saying, in fact, love is not an option. It is fundamental to the Christian way of life, to being a son and a daughter of the Most High God. But there's a warning. If we struggle to forgive, it declares that we have a love deficit. If we hold on to grudges, quite clearly, maybe we have a love deficit, friend. If we embrace criticism and negativity, maybe we have a love deficit. If we gossip, if we slander, maybe we have a love deficit. It's not the way of the Father. It's not the way of the Son and it's not the way of the Holy Spirit. It will not bring great or any delight to God and it will, will not bring any delight to your spirit or mine. In fact, it will weaken us. It will ruin us. It will hurt us and it will rob us. In the next chapter of Ephesians, it says in 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is good for building up that fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. This is so important. In a season right now, globally right now, this is so important. And this is Paul's formula, if you like, of how he would pray. I wonder him in himself how he would pray for strength in that cell, away from loved ones and the family that he knew the church family, his spiritual brothers and sisters. But he said, don't feel sorry for me. Don't have pity on me because I'm right where God wants me to be. And how do, you, how do you get to that place? Unless you know how to pray strong. Unless you know that you're part of God's family, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit that Paul identified again and again in his life. And he talked about the love of God. 
Psalm 101 verse 5, whoever slanders his neighbour secretly, I will destroy. Whoever has a haughty look or an arrogant heart, I will not endure. Why? Because God says that you are the witness of this heavenly Father. Your witness together that you come from so vast backgrounds and experiences and educations and understandings and all these things, and yet you can function as one. It says there must be a God. How else can that happen? We are made in the image of God. God's love is the final say. In John 13, it says that you'll know them by your love. God's love is total, Paul says. It reaches every corner of our experiences. God's love is wide. It covers the breadth of our own experience. It reaches out to the whole world. God's love is long. It extends throughout our lives and into eternity. God's love is high. It raises to the heights of our celebration and elation. God's love is deep. It reaches to the depths of our discouragement, despair, and even death. And when you and I sometimes could feel ignored, shut out, or isolated, remember, like Yvette said so wonderfully this morning, that you can never be lost in God's love. You'll never miss out. There's so much more. And God's love finds complete expression in Christ. When we are in union with Christ and through his empowering spirit, we find completeness. In Christ, it says we lack nothing. We have nothing to lose and nothing to fear. Just as we've been singing in these songs. We have the fullness of God available to us that we must make our claim on this fullness by living in touch with the Holy Spirit and through faith and prayer every day. Paul's prayer to the Ephesians is the same prayer for you, that you can ask the Holy Spirit to fill every aspect of your life, to cry out from the inner recesses of your heart and say, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. Whoever you are and whatever it is, whatever I understand and don't, I just want all of you that I can take. I want you. Because when there's more of you, there's less of me. And that's what the world needs to see. Verse 19, it says, and to know the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. I, I, I fully can't, I have to be honest with you, I fully cannot articulate how I can understand this love. I can only go so far and no further. I know I'm, I'm, I'm charged with growing and learning about this love. But this is love, it's just so amazing. I grew up as, with rejection and abandonment and isolation and hate. When I became a Christian, and I don't know what the experience is for you, I tell you what, my heart was flooded with love. I walked into the church and I felt love. 
had nothing to do with the people so much. I just walked and did, of course. I felt love. I didn't know what was happening. I couldn't explain what I was feeling because I didn't know that was love. I felt something. And I ended up going back because of that. I wanted more of that love. I hadn't experienced everything I had tried, everything I've done in my world up to that point did not satisfy. It never will. I came home empty until I met Jesus Christ. In verse 20, now to him who is able to do more abundantly than we can all ask, think, according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I love what it says in the message, paraphrase. God can't do anything. That's how you pray powerfully. That's how you pray. When you've got a battle or a war or a challenge or a report or a medical thing or whatever it is that's coming before you, a situation that you've never faced, you need to believe this. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess, guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does not do it by pushing us around, but by working within us. His Spirit deeply and gently working within us. Paul wanted to get this message across to the church. That the Holy Spirit gives you strength in the inner person. The reason we doubt God's ability to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think is sometimes grossly unestimated. or underestimate his power that's working within us. As someone said, we don't have a little nine volt battery of spiritual power inside us, but entire nuclear power plant of divine might. This word might or power three times in this chapter in verse 7, 16 and 19 is the dunamis power, the miraculous power, the miraculous divine strength and intervention and ability of God, speaking of inherent power that comes from within through Christ, His Spirit, equipping us, enabling us. So when you feel like you're at the wall and you're in a corner, you need to know that you have God's power, God's strength, God's love, God's family. I'm going to close with this. Friends, today the church globally is perfectly positioned to lead and see lives changed and raise up a kingdom of God. Paul prays that the inner man might have spiritual strength, which in turn will lead. So I invite those to come up experience with Christ. The deeper experience will enable believers to comprehend and get a hold of God's great love with the result of being filled with all the fullness of God. Paul was praying for strength, for depth, for understanding and fullness. And I close with these words, it's not by our strength, 
or our might, but by the Spirit of the Lord. As revealed in Zechariah 4.6, which speaks prophetically, he said this to me, the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might in building the temple, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Here's my challenge to you, friend. What is God revealing to you today? What is God saying to your heart? What areas may be in prayer could you shift and see God awaken to this spiritual strength? In the next few moments, I invite you to consider, are you being renewed? Am I being renewed day by day? Paul began by saying, for this reason, and can I ask you and dare you to believe that God has more for you? We can't exhaust God in His grace nor in the gift of the Holy Spirit. What could tomorrow look like if we ask the Father for His understanding of this spiritual family, this glorious family, this spiritual identity, or for the gift of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and even for the demonstration of his incomprehensible love, this divine love. Have you ever wanted to change prayer, your rhythm or focus? What or how should I pray? Paul has given us a great way and a great place to start. Remember to focus on the power of family, the power of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit and the power of Christ's love. God bless you.